Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. All right. Well, so good to see you guys. This is literally Crux Camp. This is our last night here. And I'm just so excited for what God's going to do in the last night. Um, Man, as you guys were opening up to sharing stuff, I'm just reminded of even my own past, um, which is wanting to throw in my life so many different times. And I wish I could just I could tell you how special you are to God, how he sees you, how he sees you like the one that he gave up everything for. You're the reason that he bled to death and he thinks it's so worth it. I wish I could just talk tonight about identity and self-hatred and all of that stuff. I just want to minister to you guys in that place and say, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to not have that confidence. But what I honestly believe is that tonight is very special. And this is what I would share with you. This is the power and the person that's going to lift you out of that depression. This is the power and the person that is going to help you through that moment. This is the power in the person that's going to encourage you to get through that perfectionism and to start doing the things that you've been afraid to do. <laughs> we're not just talking about a feeling or an emotion tonight. We're praying for you guys to have an encounter and we're introducing you to a person, to Holy Spirit, one of the ones in the Godhead, right up there with Jesus and the Father. And so if I could preach to you guys about self-hatred and how to get free from these things, I would give you the power of God. I would give you the person of the Holy Spirit, the counselor to support you through that's what's going on. And so I love to get super teacher practicals, right? And I'd love to preach that sermon. But tonight I'm telling you about our friend, Holy Spirit. Tonight I'm talking to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit because this is the power that's going to lift you out of this. This plus community will be the hope and the rope that will pull you out from the depression. So I'm going to start how Pastor Taylor started with 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And it says in the BSB, which I love that translation. Uh, it says, and my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom. But catch this part. But it was in the demonstration of the spirit. Say it with me, guys. Demonstration, demonstration of, the spirit of the spirit and of power. And of power. So amazing. And the reason is so that your faith would not rest in man's wisdom, but in God's power. And so tonight, instead of giving you persuasive words, we're going to bring a demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Maybe just Holy Spirit, our friend. We're dropping the the now, guys. (laughs) Notice the gospel is not just in power, but it's in the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not like the presentation of the gospel was in the demonstration of power. It is power, but it's and the Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit's first. Tonight, we're going to talk about Holy Spirit and the nine different gifts of the spirit found in first Corinthians chapter 12. But I want you to know that Holy Spirit himself is a person like Taylor said. He's more than just nine gifts or nine different manifestations. Spoilers, there's nine of them. He is more than just power. He is more than a friend. He is also God himself. Think of the nine gifts as nine different ways that the Holy Spirit expresses himself. Nine different ways that he shows up. 
when he's doing something in a room, you might see him appearing in one of these nine ways. And there's more than just these. And that's a great sermon. But these are the main ones. You know, it's a funny and seasonal example. But who you dress up for for Halloween does say something about who you are. (laughs) And as we're talking about these nine different gifts of the Holy Spirit, the analogy I have for you guys tonight God gave it to me, you know, it makes it sound like, oh, dude. But yeah, the analogy that God gave me was it's like nine different outfits. It's like nine different things that the Holy Spirit wears. So when he walks into the room, you're like, oh, Holy Spirit's showing up like that. It's almost like, you know, the funny analogy, nine different Halloween costumes, right? That Holy Spirit commonly wears, his nine different threads. You know, like, what did you choose to wear today? It didn't change who you were, but what you're wearing does say something about who you are. All right, so we all, <laughs> we, all, we all express ourselves through what we wear, and we, uh, yeah, and our clothing makes a statement about who we are. So think of these nine gifts of the Spirit about making a statement about who Holy Spirit is. Nine different expressions, nine different outfits, nine different costumes. And tonight, <laughs> I have to change that part. Uh, so we got baptized by the Holy Spirit today, and we received that gift And I want to show you a little bit more about how he shows up. And even some of the things that happened to you guys, I want to bring you the vocabulary behind the experience that you just had. Come on. Yeah. In the ways that he was showing up, we're going to look at those nine, right? Let's go, Dave. Come on. And sometimes it even happens during the sermon. We're actually not going to look at this passage tonight. But if you remember, if you were here on Thursday, we were talking about my homie Cornelius in uh, Acts chapter 10 and God remembered his giving and his alms right when he gave that's what we talked about in the tithe sermon well it turns out his whole family ends up getting saved and during this sermon where they're hearing about the message of Jesus Holy Spirit just started breaking out on people and going full on baptism you know as you're listening to a sermon it could be happening to you right now so as Holy Spirit is moving with you just go with it you're going to have a chance like Cornelius's house to passionately praise God So now let's talk about those nine costumes. Let's talk about the nine outfits. All nine gifts we're talking about tonight so that you have that vocabulary of our friend, the Holy Spirit. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 11. I'm going to read it out loud and we're going to talk about these gifts a couple times. So you'll have a couple chances to really catch them. (laughs) So it starts in verse 8. I'm reading out the NKJV and it says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. And to another, the word of knowledge through the same spirit. And to another, faith by the same spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. And to another, working of miracles. And to another, prophecy. And to another, discerning of spirits. And to another, different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And so these are the nine different expressions, the nine outfits our friend wears commonly. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles, gift of prophecy, discerning of spirits, you know, the good ones and the bad ones, speaking in tongues. Interpretation of tongues. You know, there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. There's nine fruits of love in the Song of Songs, chapter four. But that's a different sermon. (laughs) I want to give some credit. (laughs) 
I want to give some credit to Jeremy Nelson here because he helped teach me about the different fruits of the Spirit. What? The gifts of the Spirit. Anyways, uh, see, I confuse myself. Um, some people sort the gifts of the Holy Spirit into three different sections. So if you were taking notes and you were trying very hurriedly to jot down these items, this is your moment, right? Because there's three different groupings that we use. I don't even know if I got these groupings right, but what I remember them being called is the revelation gifts. And I couldn't remember which three, so I just took a holy guess, right? So the revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, which is number one, the word of knowledge, and number seven, which is discerning of spirits. These are the gifts where God gives you a revelation about information, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Remember, it's good and bad. So those are the revelation gifts. The second category is the power gifts. These are gifts three, four, and five. They're all in a row. It's the gift of faith, the gift of healing, and the working of miracles. It's those gifts where the power of God is coming upon people and manifesting in their physical bodies in some way, even if it's in their mind. Gift of faith, gift of healing, working of miracles. And the third one, and I don't even remember if this is Jeremy or Pastor Taylor Jensen, so they both just received credit in this case. The third one is the vocal gifts. Um, And that's speaking in tongues, which is number eight. Interpretation of tongues, which is number nine. And prophecy, which is actually number six. So kind of changing up the order once we group them. But I think about, I'm going to flip-flop between like talking about them in their groups and talking about all nine at once. And so tonight... Yep, that's exactly what I was thinking too. And so tonight, I just want to talk to you guys a little bit about when God just comes and breaks out suddenly. And these are some of the nine ways that it looks like. Word of wisdom. For each one of these gifts that we're talking about tonight, I don't know, maybe I'm supposed to be more excited about this, but for each one of these gifts, I have one little word. Is it always one word? No, it's not. That's sad. Anyways, I have one little phrase that you can use to kind of remember it. It's one word for the revelation gifts, okay? I tried really hard. But it's one phrase that you can use to remember them. Um, so we're going to go in order of the groupings. No, we're not. We're going to go in order of the verse. So um, 1, 2, and 7 are grouped together, but we're not going to get till 7 until 7 has its time. You know what I'm saying? So word of wisdom. This is the first gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Your tagline is foretelling. Foretelling. F-O-R-E telling. This is where God speaks to you about someone's future or calls out something in them that will mature. Again, this is when God's speaking to you about someone's future, something that is going to happen to them. This is also where God can release strategy. That's the key word, strategy so that they can get to that future. Information or strategy to actually get them from the point that they're at to the point he wants them to get to. Our example in scripture is Acts chapter 9 where God tells Ananias, just some guy that loves Jesus, that Saul, you know, the guy who became Paul, will share the gospel and the Gentiles with the Gentiles and that Saul is going to suffer for the gospel. This is the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, our friend, telling him, hey, Saul's going to go do this in his future and he's going to suffer in his future as well. And so we're not going to read the story tonight, but you can find it in Acts chapter 9. So word of knowledge, we might just be reading Acts chapter 9 all night, but word of knowledge, your tagline is retelling. This is where we retell word of knowledge. This is where God speaks to you about someone's past, something that's a true fact currently, right? A fact or something that is already true. Also Acts chapter 9, 
also saw of Tarsus with Ananias, right? God tells Ananias exactly where Saul is. The way that the Bible words it is he's actually on Straight Street in Judah's house. Now, it, it kind of sounds a little different because they gave him a Greek name or whatever, but he, he used to have a Hebrew name. <laughs> so he's on Straight Street and God tells him what house he's actually in, which is super cool. But that's just a word of knowledge. It's something that was currently true. In that moment, that's where Saul was geographically in the world. And that's what a word of knowledge is. It's something that's currently true or something that happened in someone's past. Even some of the level threes that we shared, a word of knowledge would be when someone actually knows that level three without you sharing or even the level one, you know, where it's like, hey, like, do you love horses? You know, and like God just shared that with them, right? That would be, <laughs> that would be retelling or the word of knowledge gift, right? So remember, the, the next revelation gift is actually number seven, discerning of spirits. But we're going to follow the first Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to talk about gift of faith next, which is the first of our power gifts. And so our tagline for gift of faith is supernatural belief, which is two words, but supernatural belief. Supernatural is one word. That's a good one. So this is where God gives you supernatural ability. That's what you write in your notes. Supernatural ability to believe in him. To believe in him. It's more than just using your own conviction or standing on your character. It's something that he fills you with a trust no matter what. And this is the key. Besides the supernatural ability to believe in him, it's this ability to not doubt. You just believe it. And I think the example is Acts chapter 28 verse 3. We're not going to read it tonight, but Paul is basically going on this crazy journey. He's on his way to meet Caesar. And he gets shipwrecked on an island and a snake comes out and bites him. And Paul just kind of like shakes the snake off into the fire and just doesn't really pay any mind to it. And all the people around him are freaking out because it's a poisonous viper, right? But Saul didn't pray for healing. Saul didn't rebuke the snake. Saul just kind of like, ah, whatever. And he did that because he had the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit, right? Holy Spirit, our friend. He didn't care about the viper because God had spoken to him already and said, hey, you are going to appear before Caesar. And he knew that nothing was getting in the way of that destiny. No need to even pray over his arm. He's just like, I'm good. God's going to bring me to Caesar. And I mean, Paul's a cool dude. He's a man of strong convictions, always was, even as a Pharisee. But this was a gift the Holy Spirit gave him to believe and to not doubt. Number four, gift of healing. Healing, the tagline for this one is healing others sometimes without prayer. This one's really long, right? Sorry. Healing others sometimes without prayer. So the gift of healing, the expression, the clothing, the outfit of the Holy Spirit for healing is where God heals people. Healing generally has to do with acceleration. And this is the key of understanding healing versus miracles, okay? Acceleration. Healing has to do with speeding up the process of someone getting better or their body rebuilding, right? So your friend has the flu. He's got white blood cells in his body. He's going to get better. You know what I mean? God designed our bodies to self-heal. And so when you pray for that person who has the flu or a headache to get healed... This is the gift of healing because God's speeding up the process. He's accelerating something that would have already happened, right? And I want to stress, like I said in the tagline, this is something that can happen without praying. Also like a demonic spirit leaving them or something like that, right? That's an acceleration. Again, where God was intending to set them free from it might have happened anyway. But just being around this gift of healing, just kind of whatever. And so we kind of see this happen in three different ways. You actually pray for someone. 
And because you have Holy Spirit, he shows up with the gift of healing. And when you pray for them, then they get healed or the spirit leaves. We see this in Mark 16, 17 through 18, which my phone stopped recording. So God bless America. In other news, <laughs> I also don't know how long I've been preaching. Let's say it's been 17 minutes. Okay, so because <laughs> my timer stopped. So forth telling. Gift of prophecy is forth telling. So, oh man, now I'm just really double, double portion. So forth telling. Do you see a theme with retelling, foretelling, and forth telling? Well, prophecy is forth telling. This is where you call things forth. So when you share a prophetic word with someone, many times your prophetic word, uh, Chris Valentin likes calling it words in blue, you know, because Jesus is words in red. It actually releases power. So this is the tagline. It releases power for them to accomplish or do the word, right? So as you give someone a prophetic word, you might not be just foretelling what's going to happen in their future. You might be foretelling where you're actually releasing power. You've heard a word from God and he's going to back up that word with his power to see it to happen, to see it be accomplished. So I might tell someone like, hey, Zach, you're called to lead Bible studies, right? And there's sometimes where God's showing you a picture and you're like, Zach, I can actually see you leading Bible studies with these people. But there's other times where you're like, Zach, I believe that the Lord is speaking to me and he says, you're going to be a Bible study leader. And if there's no Bible study he's leading right now, many times it's that foretelling where God is actually releasing power in that moment. He's actually giving them something they didn't have to accomplish that word. So many times when you get prophesied over at those, you know, revival meetings and stuff like that, God is actually releasing power to accomplish the word of the Lord that he spoke. His word goes out from his mouth with power. This gift has the potential to change the future. It's not just God speaking to you about what will happen. Number seven is discerning of spirits, good and bad, right? This is the last of the revelation gifts. So our tagline for this one is understanding where something is from understanding where something is from God or the devil, right? And there's a little bonus for the uh, discerning of spirits is that you can see how Holy Spirit's operating in people. And so that will help you determine where they fit in an organization. Because if you can discern what good spirits or what gifts someone has or what God's gifted them with, you'll understand where they fit in an organization. But really, it's just seeing a good spirit or a bad spirit or God's spirit in operation or demonic spirit in operation, right? So we see this in Mark 12, 28, which we're not going to read right now, but basically a bunch of Pharisees would ask Jesus all these questions to try to stump him. They didn't actually want to know the answer. But one person in Mark 12, 28 asked Jesus a real question and he wanted a genuine response. Jesus saw that he was genuine and actually wanted to know. And his question is like, what's the greatest commandment? And you know, Jesus just says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, love your neighbor as yourself, right? And so that's, that's what's happening in that story. He gave this scribe a direct answer. Even though Jesus would dodge many questions of the Pharisees, <clears throat> He was able to discern in Mark 12, 28, that this guy was actually asking from the right heart, that his question was coming from a place, you know, kind of like from God and not from Satan, like it was for the other guys. And Joel, in his sermon, spoilers, is actually going to share another really great example that I don't want to steal from him about discerning of spirits, but it's all over the Bible. And the only thing I want to say is my little, you know, I can't think of the word tail end. There's a much better word for this, but yeah. My tail end for this one is I just want you guys to know it really does have something to do with understanding people's gifts. To be able to look at someone by the power of the Holy Spirit and supernaturally discern 
you're literally a janitor right now, but you're a musician. I don't know what's going on, but like you're supposed to be a musician in this organization. So whatever y'all need to do to administratively change that, this is where you're supposed to be in the organization, right? Um, the number eight is speaking in tongues, right? This is the next one of the vocal gifts. My tagline for this one is praying in the spirit. Speaking in tongues is praying in the spirit. This is where we don't know what we're praying. We're speaking in either another language or just straight up what I'm going to call for this sermon gibberish, but it's a heavenly language. And the point is that you won't understand it, AKA kind of gibberish, right? If you don't understand what you're saying, it kind of appears in the form of gibberish, but in reality, it's a heavenly language. And without the ninth gift of the Holy Spirit, then you won't know what you're saying, right? Also, when you drop your paper, you won't know what you're saying. So it's not about your mind. It's about maintaining a connection with God. And that's the key for speaking in tongues. It's not about you understanding what you're praying or saying. It's about you having a heart connection with God. And this verse is so good that we're actually going to read it. It's Jude 20. Jude chapter 1, verse 20? There's only one chapter in Jude. How do you say Jude verse? Jude 20 makes it seem like it's a big book. Jude 20 in the ESV, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. You see, this is where you build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Tongues helps you connect with God and engage your heart. If you guys want a little bit more detail. Oh, man. Taylor shared that part of the sermon. So you already got more detail, (laughs) right? Uh, And after Taylor's sermon, when I speak in tongues, I now pray, God, I pray that you would tie my heart to my words. When I pray. And so before I speak in tongues, I say, God, I pray you'd connect my heart to my words right now in Jesus' name. And then I just start saying what sounds like it might be Japanese, right? <laughs> and so, you know, you just you just go for it. You just kind of do some syllables and you just string some stuff together, right? Baba Viva. <laughs> and so <laughs> when we pray in tongues, I know that was that was all stolen straight from Taylor's notes from an older sermon, right? Um, and so anyways, when we pray in tongues, God will... What the heck? Anyway, so 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, it talks about this is our confidence. This is the foundation of our faith, that when we pray that God hears us. And you must and better believe that if you're a Christian, if you believe that God hears you when you're praying in English, he double hears you when you're speaking in tongues. So God does hear you, even if you don't know what the heck is going on. You're just stringing together some syllables that might just be something you remember, right? It might just sound like Spanish and you speak Spanish. You don't think it's real, but God hears you. And if you're praying according to his will, like it says in 1 John 5, 14 that we looked at, he's going to give you what you ask for. And newsflash, if you're praying in the spirit and you're speaking in tongues, you're probably praying according to his will and going to receive what you ask for. And you might not even know what it is. And so I'd love to tell you a little bit more about this, but we're going to move on. Number nine is the interpretation of tongues. Our tagline for this is interpreting tongues. (laughs) It's God letting you know, he's letting you know what someone prayed in tongues. And that someone, newsflash, it might be you, right? And so some people are like, I don't have the gift of interpretation of tongues. And then sometimes you pray in tongues and you perceive what God is doing in your heart. You're like, I just felt better. I feel peace. That's the interpretation. I know you spoke for seven minutes and you thought that God was going to give you the essay of what you wrote. But that entire essay was only meant for one purpose, to produce the peace in your heart that you're currently feeling. So the interpretation of tongues is something that many of you have already experienced. 
In 1 Corinthians 14, 5 through 9, Paul says, if you don't have an interpreter, it's going to be real weird when you speak in tongues in public because no one's going to understand you. And so sometimes we got to be a little careful how we do this. You know, if I was up here preaching a sermon and I just started speaking in tongues, it's going to be weird, right? Because I'm praying to God and maybe connecting with him. But what are all of you guys doing? Maybe we can all speak in tongues together, but we can all do that at home too. You know, we came to church to do some fellowship corporate stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so Paul says, look, if y'all going to do this, make sure you have an interpreter, which is one of the foundations and the reasons we know interpretation is a real thing, right? And I just want you to know it's not always a word-for-word -word translation, just like the Bible isn't always like that. When tongues, sometimes people will say all this stuff and you're like, God loves you. And that's the real interpretation, you know? And it was really meant to produce that with you. When you're in a group of people, use intelligible words and probably not speaking in tongues. You know, I don't want to interrupt Taylor's sermon and just, you know, have my Baba Bibas right then, you know? And so, yeah. And so those are the nine different expressions of the Holy Spirit. Like we looked at, oh man, I threw the pages everywhere. But uh, <laughs> like we were looking at those nine different gifts of the Holy Spirit, like word of wisdom, word of knowledge, um, gift of miracles, gift of healing, uh, gift of faith, discerning of spirits. I'm missing number six, which is prophecy. And then eight is tongues and interpretation of tongues. These are nine just different costumes. These are nine different outfits that God wears. So gifts, these are the gifts of our friend, the Holy Spirit. And this is the vocabulary that I wanted to give you guys so that you could see it in the Bible. I know we didn't actually have time to crack it open and really read through a lot of these verses because I want to get Joel up here. But I do want to give you guys a little bit of better understanding of what God is doing. He is a person that deeply loves you and he wants what's best for you. The reason we're praying for you to receive all of these gifts and to feel them in more fullness is because God wants to give them to you. God wants to pour this out in your life. And it's going to change your life when you start praying for your friends to receive healing. When you start praying for people to receive miracles. When you start speaking in tongues, it's going to change everything with your prayer life. Even if it's just five minutes, it's so much more powerful than we realize. Because every prayer is more powerful than we realize. And this is one where we're praying according to God's will. And this is one of the only prayers where your mind is finally not going to get in the way. Because my mind gets in the way all the time thinking about all kinds of random stuff or being afraid even while I'm praying. You know, I'm like literally like fearing the very thing that I'm praying about to not happen as I'm praying instead of believing in the God I'm praying to or the prayer that I'm praying to. Him. And so speaking in tongues can help you get around all that nonsense by saying some nonsense. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I just really want to invite Joel to come up here and I think he's going to provide you guys. It's so much fun watching him and hearing him. It's just, it's just a blast. Just a little story, a little short story I wanted to add with the, um, with the gift of tongues. A lot of what you hear us do, um, me here when I'm, I have a guitar in my hand and I'm singing in tongues or we're praying, we're, we're doing it, um, you know, vertically. We're talking to God. We're not talking to anyone else. Um, but there was one really cool situation where I was praying in tongues. It was a, uh, one particular crux service. I was praying in tongues and I kept repeating this phrase, mi corazón, mi corazón, something like that. And this girl next to me speaks Spanish and French. And she said that what I was saying Part of the phrase was in Spanish, part of the phrase was in French, and I was saying, my heart is yours, my heart is yours, my heart is yours, my heart is yours. Mi corazón, shartelamia, mi corazón, shartelamia. And I was, I kept repeating this, and she's like, 
Yo, Joel's on another level right now. What is going on? <laughs> but I was like, I had no idea. I had no idea. I just, I just felt this. And mi corazón chorlana, mi corazón chorlana. You know, just. So you never know what's going on. You know, when you're praying in tongues, when you're, when you're just, when you're just flowing in the Holy Spirit and doing that. But anyway, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be speaking. I love David uh, and what he was talking about, just the gifts and. And all that happens. But I wanted to kind of back up a little and talk about and mention how these gifts all come from the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what we prayed for earlier today. Um, it says in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, Jesus basically commands the disciples not to go out. He, he commands them literally don't leave, don't do anything until you receive the power. You can't do anything in this Christian life until you receive the power, until you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It says uh, in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 5, he said, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait here until you receive the gift I told you about, the gift the Father has promised. For John, John baptized you in water, but in a few days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then Acts chapter 2, if anyone who, uh, has read that, it happens. Exactly what Jesus promised, it happens. All the believers are... Um, they're in an upper room. They're all gathered together. They're praying. And all of a sudden it says the Bible, or the Bible says a mighty rushing wind came and filled the room. It says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire rested on their heads, which I don't fully understand. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking in new tongues. So we hear this fulfilled promise exactly what Jesus, he said to wait for. He said, this is what you need this in order to do that. This event was absolutely necessary in order for them to be effective at all in their ministry, in order for them to actually walk out what Jesus told them to walk in. After they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they had a supernatural ministry marked by miracle signs and wonders and all the spiritual gifts that David talked about. But I want to also emphasize that the only reason they had this supernatural ministry was because every day they lived a life surrendered and yielded to the Holy Spirit. Every day they were yielded to whatever God wanted to do, whatever Holy Spirit wanted to do and say. That's what I'm going to be talking about tonight. Why is it so important to yield to the Holy Spirit as, this, as a Christian in this modern day? In a quick answer, it's to establish his kingdom on the earth. It's to do exactly what Jesus told us to do. To save the lost, to fulfill the great commission that he gave us. God's intention for mankind has always been for us to partner with him to establish his kingdom. You see, if God was in control today of the entire world of everything, the world would look very different. But how many of you know he's not in full control? He has given some of that control to us. He's actually purposely relinquished some of that control, given it to us. It says in Psalms that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of man. The earth he has given to mankind. So our free will plays a large part in what happens on the earth. That's why he's always, his intention, his design has always been for Adam in the garden to go and take dominion over the earth, to walk in partnership with God, partner with God in every area of life and establish and bring his kingdom to the earth. That's, that's what we're doing as Christians now. This can only live a life, or this can only happen though if we live a life surrendered to Holy Spirit every day and every part of our lives. This means whatever he says to do, we do. And wherever he says to go, we go. So I wanted to share stories of people who yielded to the Holy Spirit, some from the Bible and some from my personal life. First one is in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Peter and John, they're actually operating in the gift of healing in this scenario. 
So Peter and John are walking to the temple, and they see this lame guy um, laying in front of the temple. And the Bible says he was, he was uh, lame. Yeah, he was crippled. <laughs> Super lame. He couldn't walk. He was paralyzed. He was laying on the ground, and he was begging for money constantly. And the Bible says he was crippled from birth. He had not walked since birth. Uh, verse, so he was begging for money. Verse 3 says, when he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he, being the, uh, the crippled man, begged Peter and John for money. Peter and John, looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man, said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. Then Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And the Bible says, he took him by the hand, pulled him up, and instantly he could stand on his legs and he could walk. So because Peter and John chose to yield to the Holy Spirit in that moment, this guy who was crippled from birth can now walk again, all because they chose to live a life yielded to the Holy Spirit, surrendering to whatever he wanted to do. They could have walked right by him and been you know, too consumed with their own life, their own issues. They could have been thinking about everything but what Jesus commanded. But, <laughs> but, but no. They chose, they chose to yield to God in that moment. And they chose to actually, you know what? Jesus told us to heal the sick. And here's this lame man. And Peter and John just act on it. How many times do we walk by people, you know, in wheelchairs in the supermarket or whatever? And in those moments, we can pull in Acts chapter 3. We can do that. And yield to the Holy Spirit because he wants to do that. Uh, next story is an act. So that was the gift of healing in operation. Acts chapter 16, this is what David mentioned. Um, the Apostle Paul operates in the gift of discerning spirits. Verse 16 says, One day, the writer says, As we were going to the house of prayer, we encountered a young slave girl who had, who had an evil spirit of divination. She had earned great profits from her owners by being a fortune teller. She kept following us, shouting, These men are servants of the great high God, <clears throat> and they're telling us how to be saved. <clears throat> day after day, she continued this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit indwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the spirit left her. What's so interesting about that is that this little girl was declaring what they were declaring. Um, and you wouldn't, it was an imperceivable situation, uh, an imperceivable spirit where you wouldn't naturally know, you know, the, the girl wasn't uh, like cutting herself and cussing, walking, you know, roaming. She was declaring the truth. And the only way Paul could, could spot this is through that gift, through the gift of the discerning spirits. He discerned that spirit in her, even though it was imperceivable. Paul was yielded to the Holy Spirit in that moment <clears throat> by being obedient to the words of Jesus. Because Jesus said to heal the sick, cast out demons, raise the dead, right? So that's exactly what he did in that story. So, yeah, all throughout the book of Acts, if you read it, it all started with Acts chapter 2 when they were baptized, when they were filled with the power. And they couldn't do, the book of Acts wouldn't look like it does if they weren't filled in Acts chapter 2. It all started with them being filled with power and then walking in that. So those are some stories from the Bible about those different uh, spiritual gifts. I want to talk to you now about some of my own personal testimonies and um, experiences with Story that. time with Joel. Story time with Joel. Um, so me operating in, in this one story, me operating in the gift of words and knowledge and healing. Or, um, I basically needed to buy vitamins at CVS, so I walked in CVS. And I wasn't... 
I was, yeah, I wasn't feeling like it at all. I, was, I literally walked in and prayed, God, I don't feel like doing anything. I said, God, I don't feel like it, but here I am. You can use me because like, I just want it. I hunger for it. But man, so many times I'm like, I, so many times in the moment I don't want it, but the overarching theme of my life is burning for it. You know? So in that moment, I'm like, God, I don't feel like it, but here I am. Use me. You can, you can use me if you want. So I walked in. And I didn't really notice it at first, but all of a sudden I start, my, my shoulder feels sore. And I, I don't even realize I'm walking through the aisles. And I'm like, okay, da 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 da, you know, I'm looking for my vitamins. And, and, and then I, it finally clicked that this didn't start feeling sore until I walked in. Um, and a lot, of times God, a lot of times God will give us a word by showing us the pain that someone else is feeling. And so I realized, and I was like, God, you know, is this a word? Who, who's this for if this is a word for someone? And he said, the girl to register. So I grabbed my vitamins. I went to the register. I asked God, which one? He said that one, the younger girl. So I was uh, checked out and <clears throat> um, asked her, you know, if, I said, hey, I'm a Christian. Um, this might sound kind of, re- kind of random, but I'm a believer in Jesus. I believe he still speaks today. Um, I felt like he was telling me that your, that your shoulder, is something wrong with your shoulder? And she says, yeah, uh, I heard it working out, my left shoulder. And I said, great. I, I just felt like he told me that. I just felt like he told, me, he told me that your shoulder hurts because he wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. So I prayed for her and the pain left nice. right away. It was, it was simple as that. Like, and it was, it was awesome, man. Yeah. And then um, I invited her to Crux and then I told another lady that God loves her and then I um, she basically gave me a hug and then I left and that was it <laughs> but like these people walked away I mean she she didn't you know she didn't tell me that I just randomly had a pain in my shoulder and it was a word it was a word for her so a lot of times it's in it's in those casual moments that you don't really realize and but but staying yielded to Holy Spirit staying in tune and conscious or constantly conscious of him and where he's at what he's doing you know asking him those questions in that moment I chose to yield to the Holy Spirit I could have just I'm not doing this <laughs> leave but but I didn't and I'm super thankful super thankful I did I chose to do that but it doesn't always go like that sometimes you get it wrong and sometimes it's real awkward this next story is a story about that. So I am. <laughs> so I'm driving down the freeway, and I'm again like, God, give me a word for someone. It's the pot. Okay. I'm like, God, give me a word for someone. Um, you know, wh- where do you want me to go? What do you want me doing? And I feel like he says, go to North County Fair Mall. Um, there's a girl. I feel this is what I, I, I feel like God's saying to me. He said, "There's a girl at Orange Julius. Her dad died in a car accident. I want you to go pray for her." So, I, I'm on the freeway. So I'm like, okay. So I get off of your Rancho Parkway. I go. I park. I walk up to Orange Julius. <laughs> oh man! <clears throat> I walk up there, and I have this word. I'm like, okay, okay. Her. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Oh man, it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, so I'm like, okay, her dad died in a car accident. I'm gonna pray for her, and hopefully there's a girl. Hopefully there's a girl working there. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. David knows. David knows. I told David. Um, 
So I walk up, you know, I'm in front of Orange Julius at the food court, and I'm on my phone, I'm like, and she, I see her, and I feel like God says, that's her, I'm like, God, do you ever want me to do this? And I'm on my phone, he says, yes, go. God, do you really want me to do this? <laughs> and I'm like, the railing's here, I'm like leaning over, I'm like, God, do you really want me to do this? And it, I, I like walk by Orange Julius like three times. <laughs> Super nervous. And um, so finally I go up and this is the one, this is the girl, her dad. So I say, hey, um, this might sound kind of random and I know you don't know me. And there was this awkward four second pause where she thought I was gonna ask her out. <laughs> so, so I'm like, hey, I, this might sound a little random. I know you don't know me. And she's like, yes. And she leans over like this. And I'm like, and I'm paused. And she's like, anticipating. And I'm like, did your dad die in a car accident? (laughs) And she goes, no. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, just check it. And I walk down, I leave, I get in my car, I drive away. I'm like, God, what the fuck was that? Dude, it was bad. It was bad. And David said the same thing. He's like, just checking? Dude, he's like, dude, you could have said anything. You could have said anything else. It was that moment where I was like, just checking. Oh. It was a failure. It was a failure. Yeah, so, no, I'm a Christian. 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 i am a what was that, man? What the heck was that? And, yeah, exactly. And I just felt like God said, I'm so pleased with you. That was a step of faith you took. And that was a risk you took. And the success isn't in the accuracy or the um, you landing the word, the word being right. The success is in the delivery of the word. Because if you even believe that God has given you a word and you take a step in faith and act on it, that's the success. And that was the step of faith, and that pleased God, and God was proud of me. So I want to encourage all of you to, to step out when you feel like God's giving you a word, even if it's even if it's not right, okay? Even if it's a little awkward. Even if you just got to check to see if it's right. God's pleased with you, and it's a step of faith, and it's good. Man. Yeah. It pleased God. It pleased God for me to do that. And that's all. And honestly, we're doing this for the glory of God. We're going to look like fools sometimes. And uh, the thing is, you have to stop caring what people think. You have to let it go. Because at the end of the day, it's what really matters. You know, when you're standing before God in heaven, when you reach the shores of eternity, what's going to really matter all those days? Did you actually act on what you believed he said or what you... Did you act in obedience, yes or no? And does it really matter if that girl thought I was a creeper or a weirdo? 
Nah. <laughs> Not even a little. <laughs> Thank you, John. Not even a little. <laughs> Dude, it was bad. <laughs> um, but anyway, I wanted to give you three practicals. Yeah, just be encouraged. Be encouraged because I chose to yield the Holy Spirit in that moment. And even though it was wrong, he's just shown me that as I continue to practice, and I get it wrong still all the time. As you continue to practice, though, you will get it right. And he will refine and develop that gift. And you will land it. So three practicals on how to live a life yielded to the spirit. I just wanted to give you some good practical tips. One is acknowledge him in all your ways. Acknowledging him gives you access to hearing him, access to being led and directed by him. Um, and that's, that's your first step. That's how you receive his instruction. Number two is obeying him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Obey him in all your ways. Once you do have the instruction, the direction of what you're supposed to do, you have to, you have to do it. It's, that's the only way we're going to establish his kingdom and do what Jesus said to do. Is by yielding and obeying and just going for it. And I promise you, you are going to love your life so much more when you obey. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Number three, stop caring so much about what people think. You will always live in fear and be controlled by the opinions of man if you care so much about what the person next to you thinks. If you care so much about what these strangers think, you will always live confined in the prison cell of fear if you don't let it go. It's true. I've just, I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen it in others. It's true. So recap, guys, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit's yeah. power in order to do anything in this Christian life. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we received today by faith, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Number two, then once we're filled with that, we need, Holy, we need to follow Holy Spirit wherever he's leading. Only then will we operate in the spiritual gifts God has given us. Now that we've been filled, we believe we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we've been filled. We want to activate these gifts. We want, to, we want to practice using these. Like David talked about, the gift of prophecy, the gift of healing, all these things. And you see us do this in crux services, but we want y'all to do it. We want to equip y'all. We want to, we want to empower you guys, teach you guys, help you guys hear the voice of God, help you guys pray for healing, help you guys really do this thing. Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit summitsanmarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.